What is good, sports world? Welcome to the Family Feud Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here with none other than Mr. Alan Dell, a.k.a. the godfather, former Tampa Bay Bucks and NFL beat writer. And we are bringing you back what used to be the Family Feud Sports Podcast, now the Family Feud Football Podcast here for the football season. We're trying to rebrand and revamp some things over here and want to come at you with doing a couple of podcast episodes a week. Early in the week, we want to do our weekly NFL buy-sell show. We're going to be talking about things to react to, things to not react to, things that we're buying and selling, trending topics in the news, etc., etc. And we'll be reworking and improving the format from week to week, trying to bring you some fantasy content down the road as well and do our weekly NFL quick picks or best bets that we've done in the past. So we want to bring this a consistent format podcast to give you good NFL content from week to week. So without further ado, Mr. Allen Dell, we're going to talk about a few topics here that we're either buying or selling in regards to some of the most recent relevant news in the NFL. And now we're entering week three. Crazy to think that we've already have two weeks of the NFL season in the books. So I'm going to give you a statement and you tell me whether you're buying or selling and give me your thoughts, Mr. Allen Dell. NFL tanking is out of control. I think the tanking's already done because of the players that they had to give up. Uh, you know, I, the players are not going to go out on the field and lose the game on pur- purpose. They may get so disgusted by midseason that they, they have, there's no energy left to play. And, but it's getting embarrassing. The, the scores of the first two games were just totally embarrassing for the Dolphins. In the NFL, I saw a shot of Dan Marino sitting in the stands. He, he looked... Uh, very unhappy about the situation. Well, I'm sure he could come out in quarterback better than the guys that they're putting out there yeah. this year with Fitzpatrick and even Rosen when he gets his chance. But I figure when you go to Rosen, at least you're signaling like, hey, we're going to give this new young quarterback a shot. Yeah. Maybe we have some hope. Maybe we go 1-15 instead of 0-16. Oh, I mean, that's how bad you're looking at no matter who's at quarterback right now for the Miami Dolphins. And whether they're tanking for Tua, whether they're tanking for Trevor next year, uh, I'm not sure which one they're trying to go after, but it'd be hard to see the NFL – being content with them playing this bad for that many games. You're talking about 16 games this year, 16 games next year. If they try to tank for two straight seasons, 32 games in a row with these 20-plus point lopsided point spreads, I mean, you'd figure Roger Goodell, he steps in for a lot of things. He might step in for something like this. I don't know what he can do. And and it's too bad about Rosa. If you watch the end of the game last week, he came in in the fourth quarter. He threw two long passes that were dropped. One of them should have been a touchdown. They were totally dropped. So, how can you play quarterback when you're when you're quarterbacking behind a poor offensive line and you have receivers that can't catch? So what can you do? I mean, look, you, you look at all the 0-2 teams in the NFL right now, and the, the Bengals are the Bengals. Look, the Steelers lost Antonio Brown. They just lost Big Ben this past weekend. So those are two teams that are 0-2. The Jets, they lost Sam Darnold. They're 0-2. Jacksonville lost Nick Foles. They're 0-2, right? Denver, I mean – you know, Joe Flacco bringing him in as, a, as someone to save your season, I don't think that's going to work out. But at least they're showing that they're willing to spend money on guys and try to put themselves in the best position to win games. I think same thing with the Redskins. No, Not many people expected too much out of them, but they've been somewhat competitive in their first two games. And then you look at the Giants. Yeah, the Giants have been – they're minus 32, but it's a lot different than minus 92 on the season. And the Gi- Giants, just after two games, are already going to the rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones. I think that shows the fan base that, hey, 
we're not trying to just be content being a bad team. We're trying to inject some hope into the fan base and try to give these fans something to show up for. What, what, why would a fan show up to a Dolphins game right now? That's what no, I want to know. There's no reason unless you feel sorry for head coach Brian, Brian Flores. and I, I'm not sure where he's at. Uh, the management made a statement that he's her guy. We have full confidence in him. Well, you know, that's like the kiss of death. I, who knows what they told uh, him in, in private conversation. What, what does the NFL have to do, in your opinion? You, you covered the NFL well, and the Bucks for a while. I don't, I, mean, I don't know what they can do. They, there's nothing planned right now, but uh, it's, it's not good for the game. Uh, the guy that's caught up in all of this, and I, real, I have to admit, I feel sorry for him, is Josh Rosen. Whatever you think of Rosen, whether he's an NFL-caliber quarterback, he has no chance. <laughs> uh, he last year at Arizona, he, he didn't play well, but again, that was a terrible offense. So they trade him to Miami, and now Miami's heading in the same road that Arizona is. They're going to go for the number one pick, either two or maybe, again, wait a year and go for Trevor Lawrence, and he's stuck in that. And I think of Jared Goff, the, the horrible year he had under Jeff Fisher, his first year with the Rams, and Sean McVay comes in. And he turns Jared Goff into a quality NFL quarterback. And I think that could happen with Josh Rosen. But at least give him a chance. Uh, Fitzpatrick has been starting. He's going to start this week. I don't know why the Dolphins are doing that. Maybe they don't want to get Rosen killed. And they got a bye coming up in a couple of weeks. And that might be the, the week that they make that change. Well, let's let's put the tanking aside and move on to some more positive things. And and maybe this isn't so positive for the specific players that we're going to talk about here, but maybe for the future of their franchises and and four quarterbacks who have seemingly been some of the biggest faces of the NFL for the last ten years. Mr. Allendale, buy or sell the franchise careers for the following quarterbacks are done after 2019. Drew Brees, Big Ben, Cam Newton, and Eli Manning. Are all four of these guys done? Well, Eli Manning looks dumb. But here's the thing about Manning. He could get trade the Giants. There is might be a team out there, and there's quite a few that have playoff, playoff aspirations. And Manning might be able to help them for a year. So who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, Drew Brees is turning 40. He's getting old. Okay, it's a thumb injury, but it's a thumb injury on your throwing on hand for a quarterback like that. Big Ben might have the, 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 the most difficult situation, elbow surgery and on his throwing arm. I mean, that, that's a year that's a year recovery, long recovery. And we don't know about Cam Newton, shoulders, ankles, head case. I, I don't know what's going on. We don't know why. In the last game when they had that fourth and a half of yard to go to possibly tie and then win the game where, where he doesn't take the ball over. Well, look, he could, bar- he could barely throw a pass more than 20 yards accurately downfield last season. Had to have shoulder surgery in the offseason to fix that. And who, who knows if that's been 100% fixed or not or even close to that. But he was in a walking boot in the preseason. And now, as of today, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, he's already looking like he's not going to play this weekend in week three at home against Arizona. He's in a walking boot again. Yeah. So, Cam, he, he's much younger than the other guys we're talking yeah, about here. He's more beat up than any of them. The, the game that he – this type of game that he plays, uh, just pound, pound it away. Uh, he, he's just – you don't have a long career as a quarterback in the NFL when you run as much as he did, even though he's a big, strong guy, but you just get beat up so much you can't do it anymore. I, I agree because Cam Newton as a passer alone without the rushing ability, not even talking about fantasy football, but just real-life football, I don't think he really brings that much to the table in terms of that. 
Eli, look, I've been telling you this for a long time now. There's no there's no new news here that he's not the starter anymore. He hasn't really even been the starter for the last two seasons. People know that Eli's career has been washed up. He he won the two Super Bowls for the Giants, and maybe he got an extra two seasons as a bum starter because of that. I mean, that that's all it is in, in New York. And they and they did the right thing, drafting a quarterback, whether Daniel Jones was the right guy to draft or not. That's going to be still up for debate, and probably for not just this season, but the next year or two as well. And then you talk about Big Ben. I mean, I think he could come back next year, but Mason Rudolph was a guy that put up some uh, really big numbers at Oklahoma State in college, and they drafted him as a, as a top three-round pick. And I think that Mason Rudolph's going to surprise some people, maybe not be the next Big Ben, so to speak, but being a guy who can come in and, and that can move the ball and move the chains. James Conner running the ball if he stays healthy. Obviously, Juju, he was struggling as it is this season in the first two games. Big Ben was struggling to, to get him the ball. And Big Ben with Anto- without Antonio Brown in the past has, has not been very good. And, and maybe Mason Rudolph can actually be better than Big Ben. You look at Big Ben's efficiency numbers from last year. You look at him here in the first two games of this year. Not very good. Uh, Big Ben, I think uh, the name brand, another guy that's won multiple Super Bowls, right? But Drew Brees is a guy. I think Drew Brees has, he's has the best chance, even though I believe Drew Brees is the oldest quarterback out of this list between Breeze, Eli, Ben, and Cam. Oh, yeah, Drew Brees, has, he, he's going to be back in six to eight weeks. So he's going to be back for a potential playoff team. He has a great... NFL head coach in terms of offense, offensive play calling, offensive mindset. He's got the best playmakers around him with Kamara, Michael Thomas, et cetera, et cetera. So Breeze is the furthest from being done. out. I would say the other three, most likely in terms of them being the face of their franchise and being successful starting quarterbacks are done. I don't think Breeze is done because I think he can at least somewhat do what Brady has done in the last couple of years and, and, and play well past his 40s. Yeah, and also the Saints have the best – available backup in Teddy Bridgewater that should be able he should be able to keep the ship alive if he misses six games uh Drew maybe he can go maybe the Saints can go three and three and how about two more careers that are seemingly over even though these guys aren't that old is Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota uh, don't count Winston out uh, he he did decent the last game I mean, I mean he threw for 250 yards and a touchdown but I don't think they won that game because of Jameis and I I think that Jameis is a serviceable quarterback and saying that from a former number one overall pick and the the amount of chances he's he's gotten a quarterback with his statistics and what he's done year in and year out would not still be starting the NFL if they weren't the former number one overall pick. That's all he has to his name right now is that he was the number one pick, and because of that, you get a longer leash. And that's what Jameis Winston has Same right now. Thing with the number two pick that year, Marcus Mariota, yeah, he's on his saying. last leg too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think those guys careers are going to be done sooner than we think because look Jameis Winston he's not an above average quarterback I'm sorry he's, he's average at best same with Mariota average at best as long as they're not going to lose you games but at, at a certain point in time the weapons around them are going to diminish the defense might diminish and because of that they might not be the best options for their teams anymore after all these years so I think there's more of a positivity and hope but you got these young new athletic quarterbacks that can run the ball and throw the ball downfield with success. You're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott having a career year. You're talking about Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and even Josh Allen for the Bills, man. Oh, He's like, oh, I mean, look, these, guys, these, guys are, these, guys are, these guys are exciting to watch. They make plays. And and they're they're part of this new age NFL where it's a lot of electric passing down the field. And if you can run the ball on top of that, you're going to give your teams more chances to win than not. And, and Mariota – 
he had that edge with him when he was a runner when he first got in, but he's not a he's not he's not a, a dangerous runner as a quarterback anymore. And Winston's never been a mobile quarterback. So those guys don't have that edge that these new quarterbacks have. Those are the best quarterbacks, not just in fantasy, but real life right now. That they're the ones. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Do you really consider him a top three quarterback anymore? Well, I think he's got to prove it. I don't think he's doing it right now. Be careful when you do those stats because right now Andy Dalton is the number two passer in the league as far as yardage. Okay. Okay, but we're not talking about Stafford yardage is here. Number five. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about yardage here, man. I'm talking about overall. These these guys are winning games. For their teams, I, I think Kyler Murray has shown promise just in his first two games that he can move the ball down the field, get first downs, get the ball in the end zone, feed multiple receivers. So I'm, I'm excited about the new age of quarterbacks there in the NFL right now. I, I think they're more exciting than some of the just you know straight up you know rigid uh, pocket passers that we've had in the past. And, and Winston's one of those. Big Ben's one of those. So think about Lamar Jackson, look, he's got great stats so far in two games, but look who they played. Okay. I look. I, I, I'm not one that. Dolphins in Arizona. So. I was the one saying last year Lamar Jackson couldn't throw a spiral to save his life, and and obviously he's improved tremendously well, in the last two happened. games. Let's see what happens. So I, I I agree. I think his passing will regress a little bit, but I still think that he's shown tons of promise just in these first two games of this season. The fact he's only started eight games in his career so far. If wow. you if you if you don't count uh, last year's playoff loss to the Chargers, it'll be interesting Sunday because the Ravens are at the Chiefs. So the Ravens so-called. Vaunted defense will get severely tested, and Jackson's got a chance to do well against the Chiefs' uh, defense, and it's not very good. I wouldn't be surprised if the Kansas City Chiefs put up a lot of points in that game because even though the Ravens held the Cardinals to 17 points, the Cardinals did move the ball up and down the field pretty well in Week 2. So I, I expect a lot of points in that in that game. I, I think Mahomes is going to eat. I think Sammy, Walk, Sammy Watkins, all the rest of the weapons, Travis Kelsey, whether Damian Williams or Sean McCoy are both playing, I think they're all going to do well. I think the Chiefs' offense won't skip a beat in that sense. So moving on to the last topic, Mr. Allendale, you, you brought up the example just a few minutes ago when we first started the podcast, but are you buying or selling that the NFL is the new NBA? Well, yeah, in a lot of ways it's moving in that direction. Now you've got players publicly announcing that they want to get traded, and some of the teams are acquiescing and giving, making that move possible. So uh, – I would be aware, NFL, I don't think you want to go down the road of the NBA where the players just seem to have too much power. Uh, you just don't You don't want that. It's not good for the team. Even though I could see everybody wanting to get out of Miami, but do you want to do that publicly? But but now you got Jalen Ramsey that wants to get out of Jacksonville. Maybe that will happen. Maybe it won't. I don't think that's good for the game. I don't think that's good for the team. And if your team's losing, do you want to say publicly, I want to get out? Maybe you're, you're a reason that they're losing. Well, it's not that the NFL is the new NBA. I think this is just a new age of sports, is it not? Te- well, teams tanking to get the all-stars in the drafts, and, and the NBA had to implement rules to try to curb that. And like you said, I think the NFL might have to sometime very I mean, soon might, look yeah, at that. They're yeah. going to have to because of what's going on with these quote-unquote generational talents that are coming into the NFL and when you look at you know you know the guys demanding trades, whether it's Jalen Ramsey, Minka Fitzpatrick, et cetera, et cetera, I think the players have more power now than they ever had in the past. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I'm not going to side either way on that. I, I think if if you're a fan of a certain team, you can make that opinion on your own, depending on the situation, because it's always different situations. You're seeing more players hold out now. Well, yeah, we had Le'Veon Bill last year. We got Melvin Gordon now. Yeah, well, Gordon's I mean, still out, and I don't see he's not going to get what he wants. That, that no, was a bad move on his part. The, que- the question is, does he pull a Le'Veon Bell and hold out the whole year? So what? Or Le'Veon does he, does Bell he, lost money, huh? He, he lost money, but but at the same time, he, he did what he wanted to do. 
and he got a contract. Um, he could have got that anyway. But the thing with Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and Justin Jackson are the two chief running backs for the Chargers. They cost $1.3 million combined. And right now they're make, their combined yardage is more than – that Melvin Gordon's combined yards after two games last year. So why why would the Chargers want to pay him? No, I, I agree. I agree with that. I think Melvin Gordon is a good player. I think the amount of wear and tear he's had just in his short career, he's he's been banged up quite a bit in, in, in his few NFL seasons since he was drafted, but I, I think that alone, he, he's not even in his prime as he was maybe a year or two years ago. He can't miss more than six games or this year won't count towards his uh seniority and, and being able to get drafted and leave a team. So he's got to come back, and he's going to come back for real. So he gets the first six games off, but he doesn't get paid for that either. So you're, and you're, you're kind of old school, Mr. Allen. That's why we call you the godfather over here on the Family Feud Football Podcast. So is, is do you like to see the players with the power? This is something that's been debated on, like, every single sports talk show, radio show, TV show, et cetera. But just from, from an old head like yourself, do you like to see the players with this power? Well, or I, do you not, and why? Give, give me your reason, I, man. I, I, don't, I don't like them crying and whining because that's what it sounds like. Like, well, I want to. I want to leave because this team stinks. Well, maybe you're part of it, so I, I don't. I don't like that whining and crying. You know, if if you really want to be traded, get your agent to talk to the owner. You don't have to make your have your agent make a public statement about it. I, I don't see the purpose of it. Okay, that's 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 what you got there, man. That's what I got. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm and gonna... I don't think the NFL wants to be like the NBA. Okay, well, I mean, not in those those regards. It depends on what way you're talking about here. Because yeah, the, the NBA is a is a player driven league. Dude, am I right or am I yeah. wrong there? The NFL is a team driven league. Yeah. But I think maybe now more yeah, than yeah. ever, it's starting to trend towards the play the being NBA a player driven league. Players are making a lot more money on the yeah. average to the NFL, except for the quarterbacks. So. Well, that that was going to be one of your next articles, writing about the salaries for running backs in the NFL, yeah. huh? Yeah, I think. And now some people might consider this bizarre, and this is certainly not old school. I think maybe the running backs need to form their own union in the NFL because you have this wage scale now. It's detrimental to running backs because their careers on average maybe last five, six years, and, and that's their best years. So, so their best years are when the, their salary is low, and then, then we get into years five, six, seven, and so forth when they're eligible to make more money. They, their productivity goes down. So I, I, if I was head of the running backs, I'd say let's all quit. Or not quit, let's all sit out. Let's form our own union. And something's going to happen at the next uh, bargaining session also. All right, well, just, just uh, that's going to be one of the future columns that you write here. You, just to, to let you know, Sports World, you can find Mr. Allendale, the Godfather's content, on Medium. That's medium.com slash at Sports. That's A D as in David E L L Sports. You can also find him on Twitter at A Dell Sports. You can find me on Twitter at Mad Journalist, mostly retweeting and posting stuff about fantasy football. And hopefully we can bring you some of that content here on the Family Feud Football Podcast. Time to read a quick promo. The Family Feud Football Podcast is sponsored by Go Baller Media. Go Baller Media is your go-to digital BFF when it comes to designing your new website, creating custom social media content for your brand, enhancing your SEO presence online, and boosting e-commerce sales for your business. Go Baller Media is a portfolio company of rock ventures run by Cleveland Cavaliers owner Dan Gilbert and has powered websites and mobile apps for some of the biggest brands in sports and entertainment as well as sports and entertainment as well as small to medium sized businesses of all kinds. Whether it's your personal brand, startup, business or upcoming event, 
GoBaller Media has a strategy and services to power your project to the next level. Visit www.goballer.com today to learn more. That's www.goballer.com. Now, Mr. Allen Dell, just to wrap things up here on our first podcast of the season, the Family Feud Football Podcast, our first NFL Week 3 buy-sell episode. I want to just wrap it up with a little pop quiz question for you. Can you tell me right now, through two weeks, who are the three? What are the three teams with the highest plus-minus scoring differential on the season? Well, I'd say New England, absolutely. Okay, one for one. What are the other two? Don't uh, cheat. Don't don't try to pull up the standings. No, I'd, I'd say Baltimore. Okay, I think that's two be. for two. Now, I'll give you a hint. The third team is in the NFC. Uh, NFC. Yep. And, okay, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Nope. Uh, in the same division. 49ers? 49ers. After the big blowout win against my Cincinnati Bungles this yeah, past they weekend. they beat the, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. We got three teams in the NFC West now are 2-0. Seahawks, Niners, and Rams all 2-0. I think all have a viable shot to win that division, too. I, I, I think the Seahawks have a better chance than most people think. Yeah. Well, let me throw one thing in. This, this somewhat relates to college, but it also relates to the NFL when you talk about players getting paid, running backs. You know, there's a movement now, California passed a law. Hopefully that if it goes into effect, college football player, actually any college athlete will be able to get make money off of his name, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I know Tim Tebow didn't like it. He got blasted a lot. I like Tim Tebow, but I disagree with, with him. But uh, it's time. Think about it. If you're a running back, you can't make any money in college. And if you get to the pros, your first five years, you're limited in how much you can make because of the rookie wage scale, which is ridiculous. I, I mean, yeah, most most NFL players' primes are in their first five years. Well, right? and running backs, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's definitely worth one of your next pieces, man. Like I said, you can find Mr. Allen Dell on Medium at Adell Sports, also on Twitter at Adell Sports. You can find me at Mad Journalist. That's Mad Journalist with two. Yeah. D's will be back later this week yeah. with our fan with with our family feud football podcast episode, our best bets, our quick picks episodes, making our picks against the spread for week three of the NFL season. Yeah. And Nick Saban's handing out free ice cream cones if you sit still. Sit till the end of the game in Alabama. Just wanted everybody to know. That. Okay, there you go. We got we got to get back to doing your weekly uh, college football insider podcast, mm-hmm. Mr. Allen Dell. So we're back here. It's no longer the Family Feud Sports Podcast. It's the Family Feud Football podcast bringing you the best in NFL, college football, and fantasy football. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out.